1: Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday.
2: Broncos Broncos Country. Let's ride with Touchdown Denver. Touchdown Denver. Hosted by Nick Ferguson and George Stoya. Touchdown Denver.
0: All right, everybody. Welcome into another episode of Touchdown Denver, hosted by myself, George Stoy of the Denver Gazette, alongside my good friend Nick Ferguson, and we have a guest today, Nick, a former teammate of yours, Lamont Jordan. Lamont, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. How y'all doing? Good. Well, well, man. I don't. I don't know, Nick. How are How are we doing after that Broncos game?
1: Well, I don't know about you, but
0: I'm
2: doing. I'm doing well. You know, why, George? Because uh, I don't have to play. Right, so I don't have to worry about it essentially. I'm just a spectator now. Well, here's what I wanna know. I wanna know from from Lamont standpoint, you know, being as though you spent some time here in Denver with the Broncos in 2009, and you and I were both teammates of the New York Jets. What did you see in today's game?
1: Um, you know what, I saw what, kind of what we, we talked about on our show um, with Andrew and I uh, believe in the Jets. Uh, two defenses that are top defenses in the league, two struggling offenses. Um, and and I think that's the bottom line is we saw two struggling offenses. I think the sad thing for Denver, any Denver Broncos fan, for me in the last, I'm going to say last four to five years, is I think they've had a top defense with no offense to support it. Um, and I think that that's what I saw out there today. I think Denver had plenty of opportunities, but the Jets, they fly to the ball, man. Those guys do a great job of generating turnovers. And on the show, we talked about this. And I said on the show, if you didn't watch the game, go look at the stats. And I just want you to look at one stat, and this is who's going to tell you who won the game. I said, go to team stats and look at turnovers. The team that turned the ball over the most, that's the team that lost the game. And that's exactly what happened to them.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the interception from Brett Ripon was obviously costly and it was i mean it was a game nick you and i broke down beforehand saying that like you know we we thought they would be able to turn over zach wilson we can dive into the fumble whether it was a fumble or not uh that looked like dj jones scored there right um you know i thought it was a fumble but that i mean lamont's right i mean the turnover was huge in in a game that the two offenses that are honestly just not very good i mean the broncos statistically are the worst offense in the league right now. Um, Averaging, I think, 14.2 points per game. That's last in the league. Uh, There's also some other stats out there that I'll I'll throw around later that is just historically bad. But, uh, Nick, what was your takeaway from the game? Because I I, I walked away thinking the same thing I've thought the last four weeks. Uh, You know, this is four straight losses, and they've all been the same result, which is the defense plays great. They play good enough to win the game, and then the offense can't come up with enough points to win.
2: Yeah, the seems to have been a story for the Broncos uh, all, all season long. Like Lamont said, you look back in years past, it's been the same thing. And, and for me, I knew coming into this week and this game, it was going to be simplified from an offensive standpoint to allow Brett Ripon to go out there and move the ball down the field. And that's what it was in the first half. But then you talk about the teller two halves. Uh, in the second half, they didn't really move the ball uh, as well. And coming out of the third, out of the third quarter, the Broncos have not fared that well as far as scoring points. And it's been very difficult. I think maybe the stat is in the third quarter, the Broncos probably have only scored three points over the last couple of games, and that's dismal. And like you said, it's the bottom of the barrel when it comes to the league. But here's what I want to ask Lamont, because he laughed when you mentioned this. When you go back to that particular play when, you know, we were all waiting a bated breath to see what was going to happen, you know, in, in your eyes, I mean, I, I know you believe in the Jets podcast a whole nine, but 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 honestly, tell us what it was that you saw. Did the officials get it right, or was that a fumble?
1: At first hand, I was like, "Oh man, he fumbled the ball," and I'm talking about live because it didn't look like the wrist rolled over the forearm or anything like that. But that's the thing that people have to remember is that this this part right here, if this hits, all right, that's down. And and I think that that's what the officials what the officials saw. Um, I think it was close. I think it could have went either way. Um, As I was watching and I'm sitting and I'm waiting, I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is that turnover that everybody's going to go and see and see that the Jets wind up losing the game. Um, With that said, I think that the the refs gave some makeup calls after that uh, for the Broncos, which I think that makes the game bad sometimes. Uh, But that is a game changer. I mean, you're talking about, uh, you know, in a tight game would look like a fumble that gets scooped and taken back to the house. Now the team gets the ball again. Um, that's kind of, That has to be deflating. And, Nick, I mean, you and I both have been there where you're in a tight game and you get you see a call that, you know, it looks like, you know, it's a fumble and you go to review and, you know, the call in the field stands. You know, that can be kind of deflating. So I, I, I kind of felt some of that. Um, and as you speak about third quarter stats, I mean, I, I think the Jets are a second half team. I really think that offensively, the Jets have been a second-half team. I think the Broncos did a great job in the third quarter of of keeping us from scoring. But on that particular play that you were talking about, that is a game changer. Um, I'm gonna stick with the refs on that one, but that thing could have went either.
2: <laughs> yeah, talking about taking the easy way out.
0: <laughs> I was, you know, my thought process when it when it first happened was uh, I didn't know the rule because like the the ground, like he put the ball on the ground, and I was like. So can – can because, like, I think it's technically if he's touched, the ball can't – like, the ground can't create a fumble, I think is the rule. But since he wasn't touched, the ball can. I don't know. It, it, that's what I was confused about. And then the forearm thing. I mean, Justin Simmons, I was telling Nick before we hopped on here, was talking about it in the locker room after the game. He said he was explained that even if it's just half the forearm that touches the ground first, then he's, then he's down. But then Nick Nick said that he thought the ball was loose before anything touched uh the ground dude
2: dude, if you go back and you put that thing in slow motion you're gonna see i mean zach wilson puts the the ball down with his right hand and as he's falling to the ground he's trying to brace himself with his left hand and the ball starts to come up he starts to lose possession of the ball before his forearm touches the ground that's why i'm just like wait a minute how can you not overturn it It, you guys ever see uh men in black remember they come out with a neutralizer with this and say, Hey, look right here. It seems as though that's what the officials did to everyone, you know, in uh, uh, the the field today, right? in power step field. That's what they did. Hey, look right here. And we're going to zap you and forget what you saw. That's a big deal, man. That was a crappy call.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it was, it was questionable, but you know, I, I don't think that's why the Broncos lost. Maybe it is. I mean, they lost by touchdown. So that's obviously a difference maker, but you know, look, the Broncos missed an extra point. They missed a field goal. They turned the ball over. Uh, they couldn't complete drives. Like I, I don't think that that play alone is why they lost the game. I mean, it, the offense is just so so bad, and I, I wanted to get your guys' take on that. But let, let me read you guys this stat, and then I, I want to hear your reaction to this. The Broncos have scored 100 points through seven games. The only time they ever scored fewer through that many games was 91 in 1966. So since the NFL merger in 1970, the Broncos have never scored fewer points at this point in a season that they have this year. That's so bad. That's so bad. I don't, I don't understand how, I mean, Nick, we talked about it. The expectations this year, high flying offense, explosive, going to score points. They, they've just not, they've not been that. And it just, it's, it's mind It's mind boggling to me. I don't, I don't understand how they can be this bad. And I get it. Brett Rippon played today. I actually thought he was okay. I mean, he didn't do enough to win the game, but like he came in and and did some nice things here and there. But I, I just,
1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE.
2: Well, for me, I'm going to go to the offensive guy uh, right now. and to go to Lamont and have him. Like, tell me what it is that that you're seeing right now uh, in the Broncos offense, or better yet, what you're not seeing in the Broncos
1: offense. Um, I'm trying to I think I'm seeing a whole lot of college stuff. And I think that you have personnel where you drop back and you run a traditional NFL offense. Um, I think if you look throughout Russell Wilson's career, when he's been, when he's been able to consistently move the ball, he had a bit, he's had a big back. And I think that for the Broncos, if they're going to have success, I really think Murray needs to be the starting running back. He brings a a certain, he brings a load that force that he weighs on the defense, especially when you're playing in mile high. Like that dude is a stud. Um, I I just, I'm shocked. Listen, I have Russell Wilson on my, on one of my fantasy teams. And I, when I look and I say, he's got Sutton, he's got Judy, you look at the backfield that they have. um, I'm saying to myself, they should be moving the ball. And I just think that, that, that I'd rather see Murray at the running back. I mean, you have to bring – there's nothing about the Broncos' offense that says violence. There's not one thing about the offense. And we talked about this with the Jets last year where when you looked at our offensive identity last year, Tevin Coleman, our running back, he was our physical force. If I look at the Denver Broncos, I don't see anybody that's a physical force. I think Murray is that guy. And and I don't know what's going on with Judy. I don't know what's going on with Sutton. But I think that there are weapons out there. And the way I see it, and I try not to be too critical of coaches, but you know I'm an offensive coordinator. If I got Russell Wilson and I have Judy and I have the backs that they have, then I gotta put the onuses on me. We somehow, listen, Judy is dangerous. There's no reason why Judy should not be getting anywhere from 10 to 12 targets a game if you're gonna throw the ball 46 times. I think that you have to somehow find a way to get him open because he's the one person on the team that has shown that when he gets the ball in his hands, he can go the distance. So I think that you have to go with a bigger back, um, utilize the weapons you have. I think Ripken is going to force you to, to to have that type of offense. I think, I believe he's a lot taller than Russell Wilson. So I think that there are things that he's going to be able to see that Russell may not be able to see right away. Um, but I will say it's really disappointing. As, as somebody who grew up, I was a 49ers and a Bronco fan. John Elway was, I just knew I was going to be a quarterback, didn't grow tall enough. John Elway was my favorite player. <laughs> Um, you know, and they've been playing for the Broncos. It's really disappointing to see because I really had high expectations for this team this year. It's just the offense. is just, it's, it's, it's just, it's horrible. There's no other way of putting it. It's horrible. Put Murray in the game, allow him to lean on people, find a way to get Judy the ball. He should get at least 13 targets per game. If you're going to throw the ball a lot and, and then just see where you go from there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. And, and, Man, we we also saw it today, like, Cortland Sutton had a couple opportunities in the end zone. Uh, Sauce Gardner made a couple nice plays in the end zone. But, like, playmakers got to make plays at some point. Uh, and, and, you know, Jerry Judy had 11 targets today. I actually thought it was one of his better games today. Him and Rippon have some sort of connection. Uh, you know, Latavius Murray, I think, eight rushes, 24 yards. Melvin Gordon, 11 rushes, 33 yards. So whatever meeting – you know, Hackett had with Gordon, it must've went well. Cause he, he played more this week than he did last week, but it didn't, it didn't feel like they were able to get a whole lot going on the run game. And that's, I, I think the number one issue with the offense is the offensive line. I just don't think they're, they're very good uh, right now. Obviously they're, they're pretty banged up. Um, got a lot of different guys playing in there. And then you've got like, it, it's, just, it's also just a weird situation. Like Jerry Judy goes out and has one of his better games. He very well could not be on the team in a couple of days. Like there's, there's already rumors out there that he's going to be traded. Um, you know, I I know, Nick, we wanted to dive into that a little bit later. But, like, what's maybe your takeaway with just how bad the offense has been and and kind of your reaction to today's game?
2: Well, for me, I go back to what what Lamont was saying. Because Lamont said, well, what's the identity? There's no physicality. And to me, that's what you have to establish. This offense is based on running the ball and play action. And you have to have a steady balance. And sometimes we don't know what they're going to do. Like, in plays where they should run the ball – Big football and vice versa. So, this is all the coaches. And I'm glad Lamont said it. And I'm glad we had him on because he's been an, you know, offensive coordinator before. Uh, and, you know, where were you? You were offensive coordinator, real quick, Lamont.
1: So, um, when I was coaching year at high school at Riverdale Baptist, and then this past season with the uh, DC Divas, the women's football team here um, in Washington and DC, uh, part of the WFA. And you also worked, uh, what, in an XFL or something like that? What oh, was that? yeah. I had a chance to work with the XFL before the pandemic, before it shut it down. Um, and then had time to work with the, 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 the mad genius himself, Mike Martz. for um, I actually had three opportunities to coach on his staff, to be able to work with Ozzie King, work with Tori Holt um, to work with Mike Martz, and, and, and to be able to hear their stories to sit in meetings with coach Martz, and, and watch how he game plans, watch how he installs Um um, you know, the onus is on, on the offensive coordinator when you have talent. All right. And the Jets, well, listen, we lost, I believe, both of our tackles beginning of the season. Like our our line has been hurt. We're playing with rookies and we still somehow find a way to go out there and and win the game. So somewhere within their play calling. Um, and And yes, listen, I get it. If the offensive line is struggling, and, and this is the joy for me with play calling, and even when I was coaching youth, yeah, I may have played against teams who were more talented than me, more talented than the teams that I was able to coach. But at the end of the day, it was my job to come up with a scheme that can get us to move the ball. The Broncos have plenty of talent. I think Javante Williams losing him was a big blow to this team because I really had high hopes for him but you have enough weapons that you should not be dead last in the national football league when it comes to
0: offense. Mm. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and you're right. J- losing Javante was, was a massive loss. I, I think you can tell that in the running game so far um, Lamont, before we get, before we get you out of here um, a couple things I wanted to ask you first, give me your thoughts on, on the jets offense today, obviously Brees hall, I'm a big fan of that kid. He was a stud at Iowa State. I thought he was having a great year. Totally unfortunate. Um, that It looks like it's maybe an ACL injury for him. Um, but what were your thoughts on him and, and, and also just the Jets offense?
1: Uh, first, when it comes to Brees, man, I, I, I'm praying that he is good to go because, I mean, that kid has a bright future ahead of him. Um, uh, 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 initially, I thought it was a concussion. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, we just got to see what they say. Um, I think Denver for the most part did a good job of stopping the jets with the exception of two plays. There was the toss, which I mean, Hey, once again, I think we have to go back to coaching on this one. I don't know if it's coaching or I don't know if some people were lined up wrong, but it looked like we lined up in a bunch formation. They pressed Corey Davis and the outside cornerback looked like he was about seven to eight yards off the ball. Like, I mean, thank you. And you're playing against – the weakness of the Broncos' defense is their linebacker core. And if you watch the Jets, you've watched – if you watched the game last week, you watched Dwayne Brown get around there and pull. You know in in, in LaFleur's offense, he likes offensive linemen. He can get out there and pull. I mean, listen, as a running back, I can't stand tall sweep. I absolutely despise tall sweep. As a big back, I want to get downhill. I don't want to run sideways. But, hey, listen, if we line up in a bunch – All right. And they have a point man and our point man is Corey Davis. And he's just going to dominate that point, man. And I know that I have offensive linemen that are fast, that can pull, that can get out in front of me. All right. Not to mention, we had my turret. Ty Johnson was also leading around. I mean, listen, it was the perfect setup. What that tall sweep, you know, what it showed me is that our coaches did a great job of game planning against a great defense. And they didn't make the adjustment because we ran it a few times. And then, and I'm sorry, one other point, it was that run. And the other run for me, that was one of the biggest plays of the game was the end around of Braxton Berrios at a critical time in the game. It completely shifted field position. And when you have two great defenses, two struggling offenses, field position is everything. And Braxton Berrios on that end around it was, was able to make some cuts shifted, shifted field position. So, I mean, you know, you look at the Broncos turnover, all right. You look at the tall sweep to Hall. You look at the field position shift by uh, by, by Braxton Berrios, um, and I think that that's 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 the game. That's the game.
0: Right, right. Well, Lamont, we think thanks so much for your for your insight, man. We we, we appreciate you jumping on here. Uh, I wish we could have asked you about what kind of teammate Nick Ferguson was, because but I think we already know the answer to that question.
1: Oh, um man. Nick was a great teammate, except for days that. He would sometimes I mean, listen, Nick was a great teammate, but sometimes Nick liked to take them little shots at you,
0: yeah. Nick, yeah, <laughs>
1: Nick liked to say, Listen, in, in, in practice, all right, there's a practice tempo, right? There's a practice tempo, <clears throat> and don't get me wrong, Nick was always full speed, but it's just on some of them days, maybe you're not in a good mood. Um, I mean, that's not my fault. No, let I me. Mean, Man, no that's what i'm saying like if it's one thing the <laughs> one thing about nick is 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 <laughs> when you're in practice and you got the ball he gonna make sure you're awake because he's coming to hit you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, i love nick man hey nick it was so good to see you man hey, fellas thanks for having me on um everybody can catch me on twitter at coach jordan 34 i'm on instagram lamont jordan underscore 34 and it's the believe in jets podcast with myself and andrew golden
0: Awesome, awesome. Well, make sure you guys go check that out. Uh, we appreciate you, you coming on, Lamont. And maybe we'll have you on in the future. Indeed. Appreciate you,
1: bro.
2: Thank you. No problem, man.